Hey, it's Kathy. I just want to let you know that I'm doing a free five-day workshop. It's called the Abundance Activation Challenge, and it starts today. And it's not too late for you to join us. Today is the last day to join. Go to kathyheller.com slash five day to sign up. The pre-party has been happening and it's been such a blast. There's so many high vibe women in there who are ready to call in more abundance. I know that you will love that you showed up for this. I'll be live at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern every day this week, teaching you how to become a master manifester. You are just going to have the best time. If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day. The real truth is that what connects people is your vulnerability, is the not being perfect part. That's actually what makes it work. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business. It's about contribution. It's about meaning. That is what we seek that is what we truly want. And you absolutely are here to serve the world. And I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare premium membership for free at Skillshare.com slash DreamJob2. Also, thanks to ClassPass. One thing that will kill your fitness goals in 2020 is boredom because within a couple of weeks, you're going to be sick of going to the same gym, doing the same workout, but not with ClassPass. Get your first month free at ClassPass.com slash New Year's. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I am so excited because a week from today, starting January 13th, I will be going live every single day at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm doing this 2020 Vision Challenge where I'm going to help you guys figure out your life's work. We're going to spend five days together. It is free come on over and join us. I'm so excited. I already started asking people to introduce themselves in that group. And it's been so cool to get to know people better and to start to see what are the things that you really want to accomplish this year and how can we come together next year for a week and move the needle forward. So free five-day challenge. You can sign up in the show notes or you can go to kathyheller.com slash challenge. I can't wait to see you there. Okay, so for today's episode, I'm going to share with you a coaching session I did with a group recently. And we really got into what is it that's the underlying thing that's holding us back? It's like this massive piece of an iceberg that's hiding under the water that you don't necessarily see, but it's there. And really, this comes down to the narrative that we tell ourselves. We have so many beliefs that show up when we're about to do something scary, and we don't even realize that they've become our default excuses. They've become the reason why we don't take action, and we really need to change that. So you're going to hear me talk about how to recognize what we've been telling ourselves, how to trace the root of those negative thoughts, and how we can start making small but mighty shifts so we can really start stepping into the person who we truly are. All right, take a listen. Hi, everybody. Cool. So 
I want to talk to you today and I want to do some exercises with you to help you through this because I think that the, the goal that anybody has if they're trying to help you is to help you see the world differently than you saw it before. Like that's an epiphany, right? That's what a breakthrough is. It's sort of like the difference between wearing glasses that have like this like dirty, foggy like tint and then someone gives you new glasses and now you see the world new. Now, in order to do that, we have to change the narrative that we carry around with us. And that narrative dictates what it is that we have in our life. So the results of our life, right? Like whatever you ate today, what's ever in your bank account, however you are feeling in your relationship, all of that is what's coming as a result of your narrative, the story that you tell yourself. Now, that narrative dictates the habits that you have, right? Those habits dictate the results of your life. So working backwards, it's really important to look at what's the narrative? How do you go inside and disrupt that, change that? What we do as human beings is we, we look for evidence of what we tell ourselves to be true. So when we have a narrative that we don't even know we have, because it's like running just unconsciously, you will then constantly all day long look for evidence that what it is that you tell yourself is the truth. And then it just keeps getting reaffirmed and it creates habits, right? So one thing I just want to say about habits is, let's say you want to write more blog posts or bake more cookies, have more sales on your Etsy page, send more emails to the people who can help you grow, any of it. And it's not happening as much as you want. So there's a few things that need to happen. One thing is that you have to associate pain with not doing it. You have to associate a lot of pleasure with doing it. Also, instead of trying to bite off the whole thing, I would give yourself like a five-minute task every day, something that like is absolutely doable so that you get in the habit of being a person who does those things. Because after you do that five minutes every day, now that's a habit and you identify with that as something that you do. And so then if you wind up doing it for seven minutes or eight minutes, it's more likely that you actually will because you just started doing it like five minutes a day. James Clear talked about this when he came on my show. He says it can even be just two minutes a day. So I would start with something like that, number one. Now here's something else James said in his episode that I want you guys to know. Instead of saying like, I'm going to completely change the way that I operate in my business or as an artist, which is not realistic, remember this. Let's say you're trying to lose weight. Every time you do a jumping jack, it's a vote for the person that you want to be, right? So instead of saying, I'm going to do all of these things and then you get upset with yourself when you don't, think of it like you're casting votes. Like in an election... It's not that every vote has to go to this one person, but the majority of votes have to go to a person and that's who wins. So in your life, every single time you do an action, think of it like a vote for the identity that you really want to be and have. So ask yourself, like, who do I want to be? I want to be the kind of person who has a successful podcast, who has a seven-figure business leading yoga retreats, who goes live on Facebook without even thinking twice about it, whatever it looks like. And then... Instead of saying like, it's all or nothing. Oh my God, I failed. I didn't do it. If you just say every time I take an action, then that's positive because I just placed a vote for the person that I want to be. That's really helpful because those votes start to add up. 
And what happens then is if you didn't do something in the morning, let's say you're on a diet and you get mad at yourself because you ate a cookie, you can be like, well, it doesn't really matter because that was a few minutes ago. And right now I'm going to cast a different vote. And the vote I'm going to cast right now is that I'm going to drink some water. And now I just cast a vote towards the person I want to be because it doesn't have to be everything. It just has to be more than not. Does that make sense? Okay. So we need to look at the identity piece, right? Who do you want to be? Who do you think you are? What's possible? All of that stuff. Asking yourself like, what kind of artist do you want to be? So let's just start with that. And then we're going to start looking at the narrative that we've been telling ourselves. Okay. Let's start with that. I want you to write it into the chat. Who is the kind of person that you want to be? What's the identity that you do want? Do you want to be the kind of person who's feeling brave and bold and happy and prolific and disciplined? Like, how would you describe it? Like, what is the kind of person that you want to be in your life, in your business? You can describe it however you want. Just write it in a few words and type it into the chat. Okay. Free, happy artist, successful artist, prolific yet relatable. I want to be an artist that experiments fearlessly. I want to be confident, approachable, an artist that can survive off my craft and tour the world. Beautiful, proactive every day, successful, happy artist. I want to be strong, disciplined, magnetic, go-to inspiration, a source of value for others, successful, authentic, kind, generous, stronger, collaborative. I love that, right? Like just reading those words, like I feel so much respect and and excitement for that person. Like that's just exciting and good and it's putting good energy in the world. Awesome. Okay, great. I want you to know something about the world that we live in now. You know, one thing that I've learned recently is that we live in a time where people actually feel worse than ever. So we're lonelier than ever, more depressed than ever. And yet, as far as the society is concerned, we have the most we've ever had. The most technology, people live longer. Like all of these things are better than ever. And yet, everything inside of the human being is actually not as good. And the reason being is because we have very, 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 very thin skin is what it turns out. As human beings today, we have very thin skin. And it correlates to the easier things are. When you can Google something in two minutes, when you can Postmates a you know, delivery to your house, when everything feels so immediate and we can be super comfortable, we forget how to be uncomfortable. So when people ask me, why is your podcast so successful? Why is this? Why is that? I'm like, well, you can rattle off all of the things about me that are really successful, which is really only one part of the story because you're not looking at all of the mountains I've had to like, you know, traverse and all of the things that didn't go well and how difficult it is to create a podcast, how much discipline it takes, how much energy, how much of a team it takes, how much money it's cost, how much how much it is, the the ups, the downs, the scary parts, right? So when that is the case, what we have to understand is that what we've basically just done is we live in a time where we don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to be out of our comfort zone. We don't want to do things that are intimidating or scary. It turns out, you guys, that when somebody is a Rhodes Scholar, this is just like really fascinating, more often than not, that person has a hobby that is something you would never expect to go with who they are. Like this person is a scientist and they're also in their community theater production of Peter Pan. The point is that what, what's correlated with success is this like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, doing things that you're, make you feel like it's new. It's constantly putting you in this place where you're at the edge of that comfort zone and that's really good because then your ability to learn is like, 
10 times when you're in a new environment than when you're in the same environment over and over, right? So part of it is being uncomfortable and tolerating it. And you can actually tolerate it more than you think, okay? So every single day, if you need to do something, like I said, if you could just do it a few minutes every day, that would be probably a huge game changer, you know? Just a few minutes every single day, start to make it a new habit. Now, when you start, and this is the second thing I wanted to do, when you start looking into why you don't reach out, what comes up when I say, okay, so now it's time to put it into the world. You're going to do some outreach. You're going to pitch. You're going to do all of that. Okay. So already the, the answers are coming in rejection by others, embarrassment, afraid I'll be held accountable, fear of being hated, fear of being super annoying, not ready. I don't want to piss someone off. Fear of success, fear of failure, feeling odd, unprepared, not ready. Let's unpack this a little bit. When you hear those, if one of those speaks to you, why is that so hard? What does it feel like to be rejected? Why don't you like this feeling of not being ready? Tell me more. Say more about that. What does it feel like to be a failure? What does it feel like to say the wrong thing? Pick one of those because those were the most consistent ones that you, you relate to the most. And then tell me in the chat like what that means and what you feel when you hear that. Like, what is that about? Shame. Feels sad. Makes my stomach hurt. Embarrassed. Feels like a failure. Feel useless. Defeated. Insecure. Unlovable. Not enough. Not ready. Not being liked. Ineffective. All right. So here's the thing. And um, it's very important work, actually. And it's very sad and it's very true. Um, Everybody I know, including myself, has a lot of inner child work to do, a lot of of work to do. And if we can do this work, actually, it makes it easier to be successful in our career. It makes it easier for us to be in a better relationship because so often when we are feeling things in our work, it is a result of repeating patterns and taking things personally and seeing things with a projection we're projecting old interpretations onto new situations that don't actually correlate. So what I want you to understand is that your brain, your amygdala, your, the way you function, you are constantly, what are you doing? Your brain is survival. Your brain is created to protect you. So we can discuss it and we can make it sound like it's not what it is. And we can, we can have lots of wasted time and we can talk about how the reason we're not doing it is because we don't have time. We can talk about that and we can like make sure that we believe it, even though it's not true. And we can talk, we can tell everyone that that's what it is. We don't have time. We can tell people that it's that we don't know the right people. We can tell people that we don't have the resources. We don't have money. We don't live in the right place. We'll come up with all of these things. None of those are the reasons, but we will love those reasons and we will hold on to those reasons because if I don't have time, if I'm not in the right zip code, if I'm not the right gender, if I'm not the right age, if I'm not the right whatever, I have no accountability. And then actually what really, really is the truth, I don't have to look at the real reason why I'm not doing it because the real reason I'm not doing it is something so buried in my subconscious, I don't want to actually deal with it because I'm smart. See, every single person that I've ever met, including myself, we have been through so much pain in our life. Every one of you has been through so much loss. So what happens is you're very smart. In order for you to have survived that time, you created brilliant survival strategies so that you could actually just get through it because it was very, very hard. So first of all, have a lot of compassion for yourself because 
the things that you went through were so painful, you have built survival strategies and you don't necessarily see them. We all don't see them, myself included. They, they sort of stay in the blind spot. And what happens is it gets in the way and here's how it works. Whenever you're about to do something that you interpret might cause you pain, you won't do it because you're smart. And a part of you knew that if you were going to feel pain, you wouldn't survive. So you built these coping mechanisms. Okay. That's just the truth. So we have to go into this a little bit more if we actually want to clean it up. How many of you know who Marie Kondo is? So when she cleans out the closet, it gets really messy first, right? She takes everything out of the closet and puts it on the bed. And you're like, Marie, you just made my house a mess. And she's like, hang on, just, just hold on, right? So in order for things actually to get cleared up, we have to take things out and look at them. And then we put back what we need and we, we get rid of the rest. Right? That's the way that it is. So we have to look at this for a second. So some of you might not feel comfortable. You don't have to share it with me. You can write it down for yourself. When I say these words, shame, my stomach hurts because I feel so sad. I feel like an outsider. I feel insecure. I feel useless, unlovable, not ready, not enough. I feel undeserving. I feel shunned. When you hear those words, what is the absolute first memory that you can even think of that you associate in your life with feeling that feeling? Unloved, shame, insecure, not ready, not enough. Just write it for yourself somewhere. So, and I'm going to start to read through a few of these. And thank you guys for being brave and sharing it. And then we're going to talk about how all of this plays into being truly, truly successful. Okay. I'll just read through them. All the times my parents left me in public places alone and didn't come find me until it was called by a security guard to get me. I had that experience too. That is a horrible feeling. Bullied at 10 years old. One Memorial Day, didn't want to tie my balloon to my wrist like little kids when I was three or four. And then I lost my helium balloon. I couldn't get another one and watched it float away. Everyone in class got to go on a group journey and I was unready to go due to cost and my mother didn't have it. So while everyone had bonded and shared amongst, I felt left out. I backed out of that play as a kid. I felt shame, not good enough, inadequate. I let my dad down. I felt I should have had it tried or said to do, said I'd do it. I thought I could and I felt fear and backed out. I felt it ruined me and my chances of succeeding. When my dad, who's a good person, made, made me do dishes randomly for the first time at age five or six and stood behind me and just yelled that I wasn't doing, yelled at me for not knowing how to do it because I'd seen my mom do it a hundred times. How did she not know? I was six years old and we were having Sunday dinner. My dad asked me to pick up a piece of chicken and I was too scared to take the drumstick because I thought my, my brother wanted it. So I refused to take a piece. My dad yelled at me and sent me to my room. I cried all night. It is amazing. See, there's like big T trauma and little T trauma. But even these like little T traumas, like when you get yelled at or you feel humiliated because you're at the blackboard, like those things, it's not relevant if someone else had it work. It doesn't matter. What matters is see, as a human, your brain is not calculating that this person's pain is a 10 and yours is an 8.4 and no one's doing that. It, it, it doesn't matter that someone else, it's not relevant. You know, all that matters is that like we are born and then what winds up happening is in this like zero to seven, they say is like a, you're basically under hypnosis in that time. 
And so these things leave huge imprints, huge impressions. It's actually crazy to think that we remember these little things about the drumstick and we cried and we got yelled at for the dishes, but we, we remember, right? Because you're so unbridled, you're so unleashed, you're so open, your, your hands are out to the world, you are so magnetic and energetic and loving. This is what little kids are like. And so everything comes in. There's no guarding. There's no armor. There's no defenses. So all of this feels so painful because you're like, I don't get it. I don't even understand. It's like Charlie Brown and the football. It's like, why are they being mean to me? I'm not even aware of what's going on. Oh, I'm being picked on. I actually just thought they wanted to be my friend. No, you know, I was bullied so badly, so badly all through middle school. I had no one to sit with in lunch, you guys, that I used to go to the, I used to go to the principal's office and ask if I could like sit there or like file papers because I didn't even want to show my face in the lunchroom because I was sitting by myself. It was like so awful. You know, it's really interesting how these things like stay with us. These things that are not big T traumas, right, are huge for us as kids. Right. So now what I want to do is, and there's just so much here and I just appreciate and applaud all of you for making the space right now for everybody else, because everybody that just had the courage to, to share that way, it's a collective effort and, and, and there's something really beautiful happening right now. And I appreciate that everybody's like going there and making that space. So I now want to look at this, right? So each one of these things is each person's personal story, but there's a lot of overlap. Do you see the overlap? What you see a lot of, and I'm just scrolling and you guys can scroll through it too. One of the things that I see is people coming from a place where like, they're just so pure and somebody is mean, right? And you're vulnerable and it really, really hurts. And um, there's a lot of like feeling like you did something wrong and then feeling humiliated that comes up a lot. Are you guys seeing that? What else do you notice that feels like similar in all of these stories? Like at the core, there's fear, right? Because like, it's sort of like touching a stove and then it's like, it's hot. Right. But, it, but in these situations, like you didn't know you're about to touch a hot stove, you were doing something really benign. And then there's like a hot stove and it's just like, whoa, you know, right. Like, I don't want to do that, you know? So tell me now, write it down for yourself. What's part of the story that you, that you tell yourself? Might it be like, I don't want to stand out too much because I might get criticized. Might it be like, I don't actually want to shine? Or might it be, I don't want to try? Like, what might some of that story look like? And what I'm trying to get you to do is get to the root of it. Because see, when we actually peel away this like, this state of like not wanting to look, right? We actually peel it back. First of all, we can only heal what we feel, number one. So it's very healing actually to take the stuff out of the closet and make some time in your life once in a while to pull over and like hang out with that inner child who needs a, someone to care. So that's number one. But number two, because when we can notice what this is, you actually, for a second, you, you actually come to terms with like, oh, no wonder. Like it's actually gigantic how much pain there is around putting myself out there. It's so easy to think like, I just feel frustrated because if I could just figure out how to send an email better, if I had a, a, the right subject line or if I had more time. And then you realize like, no, truly no. Like I was really, really traumatized 
And there's a part of me that doesn't know that it's safe now. That's not the part of me that's running the ship. The part of me that's running the ship are all of the years of habits that created my identity, that created what's my comfort zone, that create who I think I am and what I think I'm incapable of and what I think I'm not. And it's so big and it's so intertwined that when you don't look at it like this, you wind up just being like, I guess I don't have time or I don't want to do it. And then you get, you spin your wheels and spin your wheels and then time goes by and you go, why is it not working? And it just comes down to how we protect ourselves. That's it. Okay. We have a few more things to cover, but first a quick ad break. It's the start of a new year, which means a lot of us are probably thinking, okay, I got to get some fitness goals. I'm going to exercise every day and I'm going to get really toned. But instead of getting toned, we get bored and we ultimately fall off the bandwagon. That won't happen with ClassPass. ClassPass is an all-access membership to over 30,000 of the best gyms and fitness studios all over the world. It's so convenient. You can go where you want, when you want, and how you want. They have workouts and everything from yoga to strength training, spin, bar, even boxing. And you can try ClassPass studios wherever you are without committing to a single gym or overpaying for drop-ins. Their monthly memberships start at $15 and you can cancel at any time. Mix it up and find the perfect studios and classes just for you. I love taking a sound healing class at a local yoga studio. It was really refreshing but I also want to step out of my comfort zone this year and try something else like Pilates. One of the studios in my area even offers an acupuncture and meditation class that might be really cool. So many good options. Get your first month free at classpass.com slash new years. That's classpass.com slash new years for your first month free classpass.com slash new years. You know, earlier I mentioned that the most successful people often have a hobby or side project that's completely out of the ordinary of their normal career. And if you want to be like them and explore new skills, get out of your comfort zone or deepen the passion you already have, then you should definitely check out Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community where millions come together to take that next step in their creative journey with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people on topics including illustration, design, photography, video, freelancing, and so much more. This is a membership with meaning. You're surrounded by fellow creators creatives who will empower you towards real growth. And something I really love is that Skillshare's classes are designed to fit your busy routine. You can go at your own pace and learn without putting your life on hold. Plus, it's super affordable. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. I'm a big fan of their watercolor painting classes and Instagram classes, but I also saw that they have a productivity class called How to Build Habits That Last. And since we've been talking about creating good habits for the new year and for your life in this episode, I'm super excited to check it out. And I think you'd probably find it really valuable too. Skillshare is a proud sponsor of Don't Keep Your Day Job. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash DreamJob2 and get two free months of premium membership. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started and join today by heading to Skillshare.com slash DreamJob2. That's Skillshare.com slash DreamJob2. So now it's about the new narrative, okay? So I'm going to write down now what you're saying now, okay? Remember I said, so what's the story that you took away from this? I need to be perfect. I don't want to shine. Why would you want to shine if you're just going to get made fun of, you know? Okay. So you know what your particular things are that you're writing, right? Everyone's writing something a little bit different. What I want you to do is I want you to turn the phrase around, okay, to something that would be the opposite of that. So if what you wrote was, the truth is I realize I have this need to be perfect, right? What would be the opposite of that? Maybe the opposite is, I don't need to be perfect. If I write down other people are better than me, maybe the opposite of that would be, nobody's better than me. If I wrote down, I'm afraid of disappointing people, maybe you could write down, I'm not afraid of disappointing people, okay? Now, 
right away, you're not going to believe it just because you wrote it down, okay? It feels fake, right? If you walk around with this need to be perfect because that's your survival skill, just because you wrote down, you don't need to be perfect, it's not going to change. But if you write a new narrative where you start to tell yourself the truth about what actually needs to happen here, where you're like, real self can come through and like talk to this little kid who's really scared and write down the truth right now. First of all, you can let that little kid know you're going to be there to protect this kid and you understand why they're scared. And you can say, look, I'm not throwing you off the bus. I'm just asking you not to drive because you're driving from a place of fear and it's not going to help, but you can stay on the bus. Just let me drive this other part of you that is bolder and maybe a little bit wiser right now. Okay, but it's a little shaky because it doesn't have the confidence, so that's okay. But writing down this new narrative is really important. And then what has to happen is you need to tell yourself and really deepen this and look at this new narrative because every day that you do that, you will look for evidence that that new narrative is true. Right? Like, let's say you're in a relationship with someone and you say, God, I just realized that I walk around thinking like, no one's there for me. No one's there for me. So what do you do all the time? You're like, yeah, I unconsciously look for the ways that this person's not there for me all the time, right? Which sucks. Now, if you turn it around and you tell yourself every day, this person loves me, you're going to notice that you'll start looking for evidence. You'll be like, they do love me, I guess. They just made me a cup of coffee and it was so nice that they did that. I guess I never take that in, right? Because maybe the truth is you just don't feel lovable. So you constantly see the evidence that you're not being loved, right? So it's the same thing with everything. It's the same thing with our work. And the truth is that everything that you guys shared today has so much to do with work because yes, it's going to come up in your relationship, but even more in your relationship, it's going to come up in your business because in your business, that's often when we're in a situation where there's people who we don't know, who might be in a position of what we call power, who we think we have to impress. And that's where this stuff actually shows up more than in your marriage. So what we have to do is we have to change the story. And the only way to do that is actually to go ahead and do it because the successful people that I know, they're not ready and then they do the thing. They're terrified, they're scared, they're uncomfortable, but they do the thing and here's what happens. They're scared, they do it anyway, and then they find the evidence that it actually wasn't so scary and it actually wasn't so true. Because the truth is, you guys, the real truth is that what connects people is your vulnerability, is the not being perfect part. That's actually what makes it work. The more that you are one of those kids who isn't slick, who's not cool, who doesn't have it all together, but you present yourself in a way where you don't, you don't have to be perfect. You're just real and nice and vulnerable. That's actually where the safety comes in. That's why people like me, who maybe were bullied in middle school, sometimes wind up doing better because I don't practice having all these answers, actually all that messiness becomes like what actually helps me succeed, right? That's really, truly the truth. There's so much data that supports that that's actually how people connect is by not being impressive, but just being real. Okay. So that's really number one. So do you need to be perfect? No, it's actually not true. This idea of like, I don't want to shine because I don't want people to, you know, hurt me or I don't want to stand out and be criticized and all that. Is that true? No, it's not true, right? Because the truth is that when people actually do shine, right? There's millions of people who gather together who feel inspired 
that when this person is shining, it gives them permission to shine. And it actually, the rising tide raises all the ships. And so very often you'll find that even people who are not the most self-aware, they love to follow people on Instagram who are, who are doing great things and to cheer along, right? As jealous as we are and as much as we compare ourselves to people, we love seeing people being successful. And it doesn't mean that you won't have some people around you who are jerks, but it doesn't matter because why would you let 15 people who don't like you, who will never like you, stand in the way of the 4,500 people you're going to make an impression on that's going to change their life? You wouldn't, right? There's seven and a half billion people in the world and you're going to let like one group of people stop you from living your purpose? You wouldn't. And here's the good news. There's already people who don't like you. I know a few people who don't like me. So it's, it's kind of freeing. It's like, good. We've already got that over with. So are you going to disappoint people? Definitely. Can you survive it? Yes. And here's the evidence. Have you survived people who don't like you, people who shamed you, people who you disappointed? Yeah. It's like, ain't no thing. (laughs) This is nothing. And I guess the thing that I've always known when I'm like working, you know how people say like they go to do a speech and they picture everyone in their underwear? So I don't do that. But what's similar for me, how I can relate to that is whenever I meet anyone, you guys, my next door neighbor, I go to speak at a group and I'm like, oh crap, there's a thousand people here. I'm so nervous now. Right away, I remember all of these people have been through it. And so we can all meet in that place. And then I'm like, I don't have anything to do. I just have to show up. You know, I just have to be real. And then you meet your people. That's it. So every time I send an email, I'm like, it's just a person who's been through stuff. And like, I've been through stuff and I actually do care and I'm present and we'll be friends and good things will happen. And if they're weird, we won't be friends. And that's also fine. You know what I mean? So that's your new narrative. So take a second right now, pick out any of the four things that I said that actually made sense, that felt true, because you have to write down what feels true. And write it down because you have to write a new narrative, okay? Go write it down, the things that felt true about what really is the new narrative. And tell me why. Like if you write down, I don't want to be perfect, why? What about what I said stuck or what about what you realized in the last hour made you know that you don't have to be perfect? Why? Okay. I can step forward and handle the criticism that comes with being in the spotlight because I have been through worse and I'm resilient AF. That's correct. There's no need to be perfect. You can just stand tall and be confident. It's okay to make mistakes and be messy. People will like you more for it. You're relatable. Yes. Truth. I don't fear rejection. There will always be people who don't like or appreciate what I'm doing, but there are also people who love it. Also true. I'm good enough no matter what others say because of the evidence. I'm lovable and surrounded by love. It's actually true, but my brain hasn't caught up to the reality I've created for myself despite it. I've been through a lot and survived it. I can survive people who don't like me or don't validate me. I have my own feelings and it's perfectly okay of how I feel and it will not ruin my chance for success because I honor my feelings. I'm not so far behind, but what I have to offer, no one else has to offer. There's only one me. Yep, these are all beautiful. When I shine my light, it gives permission to others to shine theirs too. It may set someone free. That's correct. Um, I don't have to be afraid of disappointing others because they don't determine my value. That's true. Beautiful. Now, This is going to help. This is just the beginning. All right. You're awesome. I love you. I love doing this. You got this. Bye guys.
I hope that that call opened your eyes to your own narrative. And I would love it if you could take a moment and go through the exercises that we did in that session. Those are really the stepping stones towards the transformation you're seeking. Okay, here are takeaways. Number one, give yourself a daily five minute task to get in the habit of being the person who's doing the thing. Number two, every action is a vote for the identity you want to have. Number three, be comfortable doing the uncomfortable. Number four, we have to make the mess first before we can start cleaning it up. Number five, we can only heal what we feel. Number six, let your inner child know that you're not kicking them out. You're just asking them to take a backseat. The new empowered you is now driving the ship. Number seven, look for evidence that this new narrative is true. And number eight, you've survived people who don't like you, people who shamed you, people who you disappointed. You've survived so much. You've already lived through the hardest parts. Okay, guys, remember, if you want to join me for my free five-day 2020 vision challenge, go to kathyheller.com slash challenge. We start next Monday, January 13th. I'll be going live in our private Facebook group at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time every single day for five days. And we'll also have the replays available on YouTube. So even if you're not a Facebook person, you can still participate. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am so clear that you have a billion things you could be doing with your time, and it means the world that you're here. We have amazing episodes coming up, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And if you know someone who might be thinking about what they want for the new year and how they want to get out of their own way, then maybe you can share this episode or another episode with them. Let's see how many souls we can light up this year and how we can keep giving each other permission to show up more as ourselves. I would love it if you shared this episode or any episode with a friend. It really might be the best gift that you can give them to help them see what's possible. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a saga mine. I'll talk to you Thursday. And I look forward to seeing you guys in the free five-day challenge that starts next Monday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.
These are the best days of our lives. We're swimming through a sea of twinkly lights. These are the best. 